0: Surprisingly, I for your next mistake. I put work and watch my status Welcome into the wall. Punt and Pass podcast. The I'm your host Drew plan. Butler, usually joined alongside by my co-host like Aaron Murray, Blazing but wall. I am rolling solo in the- today. Got to announce a few things, going to touch on a couple of headlines. First things first, congratulations to Punt and Pass Nation. Yes, We are over 1 million downloads on the podcast. We started this thing in July of 2017, so right at three years, 1 million downloads. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following along and continue to do so at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at AaronMurray11. And the special announcement today you may have seen on our social media is that our new website is up and running. That's right. Puntandpass.com is live. Go to puntandpass.com. It is a completely revamped website. It's got a great landing page. It's got a blog on there. I'm going to talk about a couple of the blog posts that I wrote. It also has our locker room, which is where we will release merch merchandise for you to purchase one of the number one things that people would always ask is where can I get the merch where can I get the merch boom it's on the website it's in the locker room it has everywhere where our podcasts are available it's got all of our social medias tagged to it and of course sign up for the newsletter sign up for the newsletter on the website puntandpass.com that's going to keep you up to date on everything that's going on with punt and pass during the season That's the big thing, right? Will there be live events? What are our gambling picks? Who's on the podcast this week? What is going on in the world of college football? Just sign up for the newsletter. I promise you it won't be spam. It will be great stuff. And I think every Friday morning we'll be sending out our gambling picks, which will obviously help you enjoy college football with a full wallet. Special shout-out to Jackie, my wife. She built this thing from scratch, about a month's work, and she crushed it. Puntandpass.com, check it out. Thank you so much. For tuning in. Congratulations again on the million downloads. I'm fired up. I am absolutely fired up. And I love being able to have the blog option on puntandpass.com because that's where I'll give kind of my quick takes, link an article that I like. You guys can hear what I'm thinking, and then I'll follow up with it right here on the podcast. Quick pod today. Going to touch on two things. I think Aaron's going to join me tomorrow, and then maybe one more episode. Later on this week, but I had to announce puntandpass.com is live. Follow us at puntandpass on social media. I'm at Drew Butler. Of course, you know that by now. Aaron is at Aaron Murray11. What is going on in college football right now? It's craziness because just last week, it was all good news. Hey, here are the schedules. The Big 12 announced just today nine conference game schedule, one out of conference game allowed. SEC, 10 conference game schedule, no out of conference games allowed. Pac 12 and Big 10 announced, of course. Earlier in July, and the ACC is allowing for 10 games in-conference and one out-of-conference game if it is played in-state. All right, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten set the precedent. I said they made their decisions a little bit too early, but who cares? Because everybody just wants to have football. Now it's becoming, since people in conferences and schools have said, we are continuing to move forward. We will find a path forward with playing college football this season. The conversation is once again twisting because the negativity and the pessimism on social media and in the media will always find a way to continue to try to stop what seems like a football season that is set to happen. What's the discussion point now? A group of Pac-12 football players have threatened to opt out of the twenty twenty season and they've made it the list of the list, excuse me, of demands on injustice and safety. First things first, good for them. Look, you're not employees. Everybody knows that. Should you be getting paid? Yes. Should you be getting paid off your name, image, and likeness? Yes. I don't think that is even up for debate. It's just not allowed yet. It will be allowed next year. That's up for Congress to pass and for the NCAA to get off their asses and make sure it happens. Because if you're following along on those news headlines, the NCAA is trying everything in their power to make sure it does not happen. And Congress— And state legislations are holding their feet to the fire and say you need to give these kids the opportunity to make money off their name, image, and likeness. NCAA student-athletes, that is. Right. But now pushing forward and finding a way to move forward with a college football season amid a worldwide pandemic, which everybody is familiar with, a group of Pac-12 football players from multiple schools is threatening to opt out of both preseason camps and games. Until it's negotiations with the league regarding concerns about racial injustice, their safety during the coronavirus pandemic, and other demands are completed. I'm reading an article on ESPN.com by Adam Rittenberg and our friend Mark Schlebaugh. Go to puntandpass.com to read my quick thoughts, and obviously the link to the article is there. The players issued their demands through the Players' Tribune, including the hashtag, hashtag, we are united. Now, here's the thing, okay? Am I happy for these players for coming together and saying, we demand equality, we demand payment, we demand that racial injustices end? Yes, of course, right? I'm happy for them. I'm almost shocked at my own thought process on this because I don't know if I've just completely jumped the shark and I'm old as hell and crusty and, like, I'm yelling at the cloud or I'm that old football player. Hey, you know, well, back when I played, no, I just think that I have a real-life view of what is going on in the world and what is happening inside college athletics. The group's list of demands, quote, according to the text message, includes safe play amid the pandemic, fighting racial injustice, securing economic rights and fair compensation, protecting all sports, and obtaining long-term health insurance. Excuse me? economic rights and fair compensation, long-term health insurance. I sent that quote to a friend of mine who played college football, who played in the NFL for a long time, and he responded, well, shit, why don't they just ask for a pension and a 401K as well? I I totally agreed with him. Look, I'm pro player. I am for the student athletes. I was one. But this list of demands is laughable. It's laughable. And that's stating it nicely. Where do you draw the line? I'm going to tell you what I wrote in my blog post on puntandpass.com. Where do you draw the line? And why now? Because of the pandemic? That's why? Number one demand, safe play amid the pandemic. Well, yes, of course, right? Conferences need to do their absolute best at creating protocols and guidelines to show the student-athletes there is a path forward. But bubbles are not an option in college football, not on college campuses. 100% certainty of health is impossible amid a pandemic or not. It's up to the student-athletes to make the decision to play or not. Look, if you don't want to play, then don't play. If this group of Pac-12 players wanted to opt out, they would have done it already. They would have opted out and said, we're not playing. Not throw this crazy list of demands against the wall and see what sticks. The next thing, fighting racial injustice. Well, what's the answer here? I mean, could that be more vague? What is racial injustice? What qualifies as racial injustice? Look, 2020 has brought this critical issue to the forefront of everyone's mind. But this blanket statement, fighting racial injustice, leaves too much to question. I'm not sure there's a sweeping definition of it. Different regions have different circumstances, different people, different teams, different players. Racial injustice needs to be addressed in collegiate sports and in everyday life. That's obvious. But to make this a demand contingent on playing football? I mean, that seems a bit far-fetched, right? Beat racial injustice and I will come play football for my school. Here are their actual demands to end racial injustice in college sports and society. This is from the Players' Tribune article. One, form a permanent civic engagement task force made up of our leaders, experts of our choice, and university and conference administrators to address outstanding issues such as racial injustice in college sports and in society. Okay. That, that certainly seems doable. Number two, in partnership with the Pac-12, 2% of conference revenue would be directed by the players. To support financial aid for low-income black students, community initiatives, and development programs for college athletes on campus. uh, Hold on. 2% of conference revenues directed by a group of 18 to 22-year-olds? I I certainly was not smart enough when I was 18 to 22 years old and in college to know what to do with 2% of conference revenues. And here it says support financial aid for low-income black students. Are every other minority exempt from this as well? I don't know. It doesn't say right here. But that right there is crazy to me. Yes, there could be some sort of financial compensation to help out and give support to financial aid for low-income minorities and community initiatives and develop those programs. But I don't think it should be directed by the players Again, that's just me. Am I crusty? Am I too old? I don't know. I'm having a conversation with myself right now. Number three, form an annual Pac-12 Black College Athlete Summit with guaranteed representation of at least three athletes of our choice from every school. So I guess they get to pick. And I guess they can only be black student-athletes. I mean, this is according to the Players' Tribune article. So I'm reading it right there, and I guess those are their demands on how to beat racial injustice. We'll be very interested to see what the Pac-12's response is specifically to that demand. Again, it needs to be addressed in collegiate sports, and it needs to be addressed in everyday life. But to make that a demand contingent on playing football, I just – I can't see it, and I'm trying to. Yes, there are ways forward, and yes, that can be addressed in a positive manner, and I think it will be addressed in a positive manner. It's certainly not going to be solved by September 26th, but I will be following that because I'm very interested to see what the Pac-12's response is and how they answer to these demands on the issue of racial injustice with these student-athletes. Next one, economic rights and fair compensation. Uh, Okay, Listen to this blockbuster. Players reportedly want a share of the revenue, 50% of what football generates. I mean, you got to be kidding me. That—that That is an absolute joke. Do they deserve it? Probably. Will it ever happen? No. No. They'll never touch the revenue generated by the sports they played because then amateurism and collegiate sports would be completely upended. That is not happening. Next one. Maybe even better, long-term health insurance. What? Excuse me? From experience, vested NFL players receive five years of health insurance after retirement, and that's it. It doesn't matter if you're Tom Brady. It doesn't matter if you're me. If you get vested, you get five years post-retirement. That's it. You have your health reimbursement account that you get when you become vested, but you spend that at your discretion and then write off those charges to get reimbursed. But these student athletes want long-term health insurance. That is one of their demands for playing football in 2020. Again, I can't get there. So so is it am I too old? <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to grapple with the feelings that I'm having. I was a student athlete. I understand what they're going through. Now, being on the other side, I understand the business aspect of well as well. I don't necessarily see how anything has changed except for the pandemic that we are dealing with. When you talk about player safety and the health of the players, shouldn't that always be the number one issue? Football is an inherently risky game. Football can cause traumatic injuries to anyone who plays it at any time. Yes, of course, nobody knows how the virus could affect anybody that it does infect. But shouldn't the health and safety of the players be number one in 2008, 2010, 2016? So now that there's a virus here and people are saying, well, we want to get back to school and we want to have these kids play football, they're going, no, 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 no. We matter the most. Well, you always did. Supposedly. I hope you thought that as well. Are the inequities of college sports being brought to the forefront? Yes. Student athletes should get paid. They should get paid off their name, image, and likeness. That is probably the most capitalistic way to go about it. Based off of a meritocracy, if you are good at sports, if you have brand image, If you have value with your name, image, and likeness, you should be able to get paid. If you are the backup or third-string punter and you don't have any Twitter followers and you don't play on Saturdays, you probably should not get paid unless you got a great YouTube following. Then you have some brand value. I I don't know. Again, I'm having this conversation with myself. I just feel like I have a realistic view of it. When I went to school at Georgia and I was on full scholarship, it wasn't that bad. I did not have many complaints. I did not leave school with student debt. If you pass these demands to an average student at school, they would laugh at you because they have to pay student debt. They don't get the opportunity to use the facilities. They don't get the opportunity to have amazing care taken of them. Like, that's what the trade-off is. Yes, the business of college football has absolutely boomed. Yes, there are serious dollars in revenue generated off the backs of amateurs, student-athletes. But didn't they already know that? Now that the virus is here and we're dealing with a pandemic, it's all becoming clear that the student-athletes are being treated unequally from a financial standpoint? That's where I get confused because obviously it's been like that. And obviously they knew that when they went to school. That's where I'm confused. 2020 has had a mind of its own, though. Maybe this is the beginning of changing the entire system of amateurism. Who knows? But the bottom line is this. If the Pac-12 players weren't going to play in 2020, they would have already opted out, just like NFL players are doing, and I told you my thoughts on that. I do not think an entire team in college will opt out. I do think student-athletes will, and that's totally their decision, which brings me to my next blog post, puntandpass.com. UConn head football coach Randy Edsel has separated from the pack of hysteria by offering his advice on how to navigate the quickly approaching 2020 college football season amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Reading my own blog, this is fun. Do you find it a bit concerning that a well-thought, reasoned response to just about anything these days is considered outside the norm? Here's what Randy Edsel said. I'm not playing it. Athletic directors aren't playing it. Presidents aren't playing it. Conference commissioners aren't playing it. It's the student-athletes. It's important that I hear what our student-athletes want to do and what they think is best for their experience with them, their health, their welfare, and their safety. That's the one thing we're going to make sure, that we hear them and look at what they want to do. Edsel hits the nail on the head. Look, simply put, The decision to play or not to play in 2020 is up to the student-athletes. Let's go back to the Pac-12 guys. They want to direct 2% of conference revenues. Well, then make the decision. Do you want to play or not? I mean, if you're adult enough to ask to direct large sums of money to solve very complex issues, then you can make the decision or not whether you think it's safe enough to play in 2020. Again, there's always inherent risk when playing the game of football. That's a fact. Throw in a worldwide pandemic, and some players will reconsider. They'll weigh the health risks of being around their teammates and on their respective campuses. Other players, however, are going to choose to play regardless. You keep hearing the media say, cancel it, postpone it, it can't happen, this is disastrous, this is dangerous. These sentiments have been echoed by so many people over the last month, month and a half, as September draws near. Shouldn't we let the guys who are actually playing the game make the decision on their own? Some will sit, most will play. When you choose to attend a school and play on the football team, it's because you most likely love football. You love to play the game. You love being with your teammates. You love competing. You love the camaraderie. It's a part of your life. And conferences and schools have come out and said we will honor your scholarships if you opt out, your eligibility will not be affected. Essentially, you get to go to school for free for a year and then continue playing sports if you want to. The decision is the student-athletes. Let them make it. Let them make it. For all of my fellow self-righteous sports media writers who feel like they have the need to try to steer this decision one way or another, just let the student-athletes make it. I am pro-student-athlete. I am pro-player but I feel like you have to come at it with a realistic viewpoint. They knew what they were getting into. They knew what the trade-off was getting a full scholarship to play football. They knew what the trade-off was. Will they be getting paid in the future based off their name, image, and likeness? I really hope so because I think that will solve a lot of issues. If they don't and if they do opt out, If they try to legitimately unionize, which I find it hard to do because you have to be an employee, right? You have to be an employee to have a union, I think. Then opt out. sit out the season. Strike. Throw it all up in the air. Try to upend collegiate sports. Try to upend amateurism and see where you land. I'll support you either way, but I'd rather support you and watch some football. I guess that's just me being selfish, though. Interesting, interesting, interesting developments. And of course, the media will continue to steer what they think should happen with college football. I'm just ready to see it on the field. Keep in mind, student athletes are on campus right now. They are getting ready for the college football season because they want to play football. They're ready to roll. Hopefully, we continue to get closer to kickoff. Be sure to check out puntandpass.com. Check out the locker room. Got a few items for sale up there right now. We will certainly reload on the stock as the season nears. Everywhere we have podcasts distributed are on the website. The blog is on the website. Sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Punt and Pass. I am at Drew Butler, and Aaron is at AaronMarie11. I'll have Aaron back in the fold tomorrow or Thursday. We'll talk to you then. See you.